passage that we read today for scripture comes from the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is a vision. John of Patmos has been exiled to this island because of his resistance of the Roman Empire. And there, Jesus comes to him in a vision and gives him hope for resistance against the empire for other Christians and churches around the world at that time who were suffering and struggling. Let us hear this word. Grace and peace to you from the one who is and was and is coming and from the seven spirits there are before God's throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and ruler of the kings of the earth to the one who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood who has made us a kingdom of priests to God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and always. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, including those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. This is so. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, the one who is and was and is coming, the Almighty. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we come this morning wanting a word that will speak to us this day. We want to know the encouragement that you came and gave to your prophet so long ago. We want to be inspired in our lives and know that you are with us. So come now. And as you gave that vision to John, give us new visions for our lives and our world. Transform us with your word. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. The word Lord is a bit acronistic. When I think of Lord, I think of Lord of the Rings. Lord Sauron and the one ring to rule them all. I think of Downton Abbey and Lord Crawley and ladies Mary and Edith and Sybil. I asked my sister-in-law over the weekend what references came to her mind when I said the word Lord. And she said, Lord and Taylor. So we have this anachronistic word that doesn't necessarily fit what we think of today. And we combine that with another anachronistic word, king. 
And then all of these names, ruler of the cosmos, the one who is and was and is yet to be, faithful witness of God's love, firstborn from the dead, the resurrected, ruler of the kings of the earth, crown him Lord of all, the one who will return and at his coming all the tribes of the earth will mourn their sins and the earth will be made whole. We are at the doorstep of Advent and we look for Christ to come into our lives, but even before we wait that time, we proclaim our faith that Jesus is Lord and Christ is King. Now, it is always tricky when you read from the book of Revelation because we kind of brace ourselves to meet strange things like monsters and beasts and weird numbers and the end of the world. In fact, the book of Revelation has been used in modern times to frighten people about God and God's vengeance and God's wrath. But the book of Revelation wasn't written to frighten people, and it is not about God's vengeance or the end of the world. The first followers of Jesus were already frightened, and they had already experienced something of the end of their world. See, the Roman Empire made their lives miserable. And this book was written to remind people that, yes, Caesar is powerful, but the love of God is more powerful. This is a letter of encouragement. It is a letter to help people stand strong. We might even call it as Alan Bosak, pastor in South Africa, called it during the time of apartheid, a resistance letter. Jesus is Lord. Christ is King. Now, we have to go back in history a little bit to understand everything, but this letter was written during the time of Emperor Domitian, and he had decreed that he was Lord and King, and that all must acclaim him as such. But the followers of Jesus couldn't do that, because their Lord and King was Jesus. And it wasn't simply a matter of competing titles. The Roman Empire stood for one thing, and Jesus stood for another. In the Roman Empire, wealth was amassed by the rulers at the expense of the poor. The rich got richer and richer and richer. It was prosperity at all costs. But Jesus spent his time with the poor, and he taught people to share. Even if you have only a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish, it can feed 5,000. That's the power of sharing. 
The empire believed in winning peace through military victory. Kill your enemies, defeat them, conquer them. But Jesus taught that the only way to lasting peace was to love one's enemies. Jesus even made the enemy the hero of some of his stories. Remember, the Jews hated Samaritans. Samaritans were really bad guys, drug dealers and criminals. And Jesus tells this story about a good Samaritan. It blew their minds. Jesus was always challenging the view of the empire. To be king was to enjoy great privilege and to have many servants, but Jesus as king washed feet. Leadership, not about power over, but power with, and humility and grace. I think if Jesus were alive today, we might find him working in a nail shop or changing sheets in a hospital room. We know from the gospel stories that he would be healing a poor single mother's immigrant son in the morning and healing a high-ranking U.S. Marine Corps general's daughter that night. That is just who Jesus is. That is how he uses his power. Healing, service, love, generosity, and justice. That's what it means to say Jesus is Lord. To say Christ is King is to take a stand with and for the poor, the immigrant, the outsider, the humble, and those who serve. It is to take a stand for love and compassion. It is to say to the gods of the empire, you are not my gods. You will not rule my life. Not fear, not violence, not swords or guns, not amassing wealth. None of that. To say Jesus is Lord is to have the courage and conviction that the love of God is more powerful than all the rulers of the earth. But of course, this isn't easy because emperors have the power to enact laws. They have the power to issue decrees and command armies and many other things. So it can be really hard to believe that Jesus is Lord and King and that there is nothing more powerful than the love of God. I'm really getting into this. It is so hard. To say Christ is king is sometimes just to whisper a prayer. Sometimes we say it to try to convince ourselves that God is really with us. Sometimes we just need this in the back of our mind. 
somewhere to help us hope and have courage and persist. To say Christ is King is to remember that unjust laws and decrees will not stand. In the 1950s, the Red Scare that accompanied McCarthyism resulted in laws that forced public officials to confirm their loyalty to the United States. Sounds like domnition to me. One law enacted in New York State allowed schools to fire teachers who belonged to quote-unquote subversive organizations. During Domnition's time, that would be Christians. The teachers' union told the teachers to refuse to answer, and all of the teachers were fired. The union sued the State Board of Education, and the case went to the Supreme Court, which in 1952 upheld the firing of those teachers. But that was not the end of the story. Professor Harry Kaishian saw the injustice done to good people as he was coming through school and he felt so powerless to do anything about it. But a decade later, he was asked to sign a loyalty oath, and he refused. His school was merging with a state New York school, and all of the 900 professors and teachers of medicine and law in all the fields of study were asked to sign. 895 signed the oath of loyalty. But Professor Kaishian was joined by four others, refused to sign that piece of paper, and all were fired. So he filed a suit to challenge the constitutionality of the law. And this time, when it came to the Supreme Court, the court overturned their previous ruling They said that demanding an oath of loyalty from teachers is a violation of free speech. Professor Kaishian won academic freedom for teachers and justice for all who had been fired. The teachers sued and got their jobs back. This is what it means when we say Jesus is Lord. It means that we can stand and have courage for what is right. It means that God is present in the world and that God is always working to overcome injustice. It means that love is truly stronger than fear. When we leave this place today, we will go out into the world that will try to convince us to bow to fear to worship gods opposed to Jesus and forget about our faith. 
May we stand firm in our conviction or simply whisper a prayer. Yes, let it be so. Love rules. Justice prevails. Peace comes. Jesus is Lord. Christ is King. Amen.